Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensawood. Lord, in the name of Jesus, that which you created me to be, let me walk in the fullness of it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Anything that is dead appears to be dead, that is dry in my life. Lord, by your spirit, let, let the fresh bread of your spirit come on my life. Lift up your voice in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, wherever you may be. Lift up your voice. Lord, a fresh outpouring of your spirit in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, a fresh outpouring of your spirit. It says, until, 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 oh my Lord, the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is counted as a forest. My Lord and my God, quicken everybody this morning in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and bring us into the fullness of that which you have for us. Let no one under the sound of my voice remain the same. Let no one under the sound of my voice remain the same. Let no one under the sound of my voice remain the same. By your favor, O God, bring every affliction to an end. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may we see your hand at work in our lives. May we see your, your hand at work in our lives. Pour your rain on us, Lord. Lead us and guide us. And bring us into the fullness of that which you have for us. We give you the praise. We give you the glory, O God. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Talk to the Lord and say, Lord, even as your word comes forth, transform my life by your word. Take me from glory to glory. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, Deliver the oppressed. Give us a heart that seeks after you. Give us a heart that loves you and desires your very best. Thank you, Father. In these days and times, take our lives and use it for your glory. Take our lives and use it for your glory. Take our lives and use it for your glory. Take our lives and use it for your glory. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Heaven and earth will pass away. But your word will never pass away. Your word will never fail. And we put our confidence and our trust in you. Systems, institutions may fail. But you never fail. Your word abides forever. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And everybody say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God. If your God is alive, say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. You may take your seats. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. In times like this, we need to pray like ever before. I believe God has something special and in store for each and every one of us 
And you see, in, 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 the, in the book, uh, in Exodus chapter 3, this is not my message, but this will help someone. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says that when the children of Israel, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, I'll set us up to pray. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, and the Lord said, everyone say the Lord said. I have seen surely, I've surely seen the afflictions of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their crime because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. You see, this was what God was saying when he appeared to Moses. He says, I have heard, I have heard, I have heard. Their cry because of their taskmasters. I have seen the affliction, the King James' affliction, the oppression. You see, when you are going through a test, an affliction, or a trial, when you cry, no matter where your Moses is, even if he's in the backside of the desert, wherever your miracle is, God will send it to you. In, in the book of James, in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 13, he says, Is anyone afflicted? Let him pray. Is anyone going to a test, a trial? What should he do? He should pray. That's what these people did. And when they did, God responded. And Jonah, he missed it. But in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, verse 2, thank you, Lord Jesus. Jonah, chapter 2, verse 2, the Bible says, he says that, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. What did God do? He cried out because of what? And God answered him. There is a secret there. There is a key there. In your affliction, if you cry out to God, God will hear you and God will answer you. I said God will hear you and God will answer you. I said, God will hear you and God will answer you. In my affliction, I cried to God. Someone will say, Pastor, why are you asking us to pray? You see, some people sometimes will never pray. Till an affliction. Don't wait, for, don't wait for it to get to this point. Like Jonah, he was crying from the belly of the fish. You are alive down here. You are not in the belly of the fish yet. Maybe you are going to a test or a trial that feels like a belly of the fish. But you are walking. I pray, and as we pray, and in, in, in Isaiah 21 verse 11, he talks about the watchman of the night. As we cry out to God, we will see a difference, not only in our lives, but in our nation and the nations of the world. In my affliction, I cry. Alright, let's get into our Bible lesson this morning. So in this season, we have been talking and studying this Greek word, proton, first things first. Jesus uses this word several times in the gospel. And we talk about seeking the kingdom of God first. Then the next lesson we talked about um, seeking, he talked, the, the verse where he talked about when you come and pray, leave your gift at the altar. If you remember somebody has something against you and go and be reconciled. Before you come and offer your gift, do that first. And we said that in our relationships, it makes a difference when we put God first and do, the, do put things first, things first. And we say that when first things come first, it makes all the difference. And if, if the thing that is supposed to be first comes second, something is out of line. 
in our, even in our relationships. And then last week we talked about the Holy Spirit. He said to them, in a way, don't go, don't take a step till you have received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And my what an awesome service we had to the glory of God. All right, and then so let's go a step further. This morning we are talking about how to walk in the favor of God. Turn your Bibles with me, if you please, to Mark chapter 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mark chapter 10. And we saw this person, we talked about him, his, his story is also in Matthew chapter 22, but here, let's look at this account, actually, let's, let's, let's go to Matthew, and we'll see what Jesus said to him, and then we'll come to Mark's account of this same person. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 22, verse, thank you Lord Jesus, my Lord and my God, verse 35, he says, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first, proton, that is the first, put that first, and great commandment, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hung all the law and the prophets. So this is Luke's account, Matthew's account of this story. Mark adds a little bit more to it, Mark, Mark chapter 10 verse 17 mark chapter 10 verse 17 he says now as he was going out on the road one came running knelt before him and asked him good teacher what shall i do that i may inherit in eternal life so jesus said to him why do you call me good no one is good but one that is god you know the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he said, answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept for my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, oh, I love this, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me and he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions my lord and my god he comes to jesus and he says what shall i do that i may inherit eternal life I have obeyed the law, I have worked according to the law, and I've I, 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 I become rich by virtue of that, but I see that there is something that I need. And this morning, this moment, you may be online, wherever you may be, watching on TV, maybe you are at a point, you are saying, there is something lacking in my life. Jesus said, one thing you lack. He noticed that something was missing. He, I want to receive this eternal life that you talk about. But how do I receive it? Jesus said one thing is lacking. And he gave him an instruction what to do. This morning I don't know what is lacking. But I can assure you that whatever you are looking for in life. The answer it starts in, with Jesus Christ. It starts with loving him first. Putting him first in every area of your life. Jesus said, there is one thing that you are lacking. 
what is that one thing that is lacking in your life maybe if you are you are lacking the life of god and as a result you are fit, trying to fill it with different things but some way somehow you know there is a void maybe you lack peace maybe you lack health maybe you lack finances maybe you lack good relationships maybe you lack a lack of meaning in life why am i in the earth why am i here i pray in the mighty name of the lord jesus this morning you will give jesus an opportunity to let you find that one thing that is missing that will take care of the situation thank you lord jesus so he comes to jesus and jesus said one thing you lack go your way sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me that was his tripping point that was what was get was 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 getting him that was what was tripping him up and so many times your issue might not be like him but so many times in our walk with god something is hindering us in our walk with him something is hindering us from putting god first there is something that we are holding on to that we are not willing to let go that is hindering us in our walk but i pray in the mighty name of the lord jesus may god help you to overcome that barrier and may you put god first and as you do may you see his son at work in your life in the name of the lord jesus you see everyone that jesus christ called he said to them come and follow me all of them so he's offering him a very good deal and when he did the bible says he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful he thought jesus christ was trying to take something away from him but he was the one boasting that he knew the law and if he knew the law, you see, so many times we both, I, 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 sometimes we say, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. No, you haven't. <laughs> so, 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 so he says that if he knew the law, he will have known that Jesus was offering him a very good deal. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19, notice this, Proverbs 19. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Proverbs 19, verse 17. He says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. So when he said, Go and give to the poor, he had it asked, Go and give to the poor and do without. He was saying to him, You will have treasure in heaven, and I'm going to give it back to you. But he was not willing to put God first in that area, and so he lost out. He missed out. And you, you, you see, after that, in the Bible, you never hear of him again. Follow me. Just one instruction. God was offering him a deal. And he lost out. When Judas missed his place, as a result of betraying Jesus, if this person knew about money and finances and had done very well in that area, Potentially, he could have been a logical replacement for Judah. But he was not there. He's gone. He actually didn't hear the full sermon. He tuned Jesus out. Like some of you do sometimes. Don't tune don't him out yet. <laughs> Mark chapter 10. Let's, go, let's, let's continue the story. After he left, he says that, notice what the Bible says, after he is gone, 
23, Mark 10, 23, Jesus continued speaking. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. He is saying, the disciples were astonished. Then he, because these, these people, some of them were tax collectors. Peter was a fisherman. Some of them were accountants. They were doing really well before they came to follow Jesus Christ. So if he's saying that it's difficult for them and the rich people to enter the kingdom of God, then what's going on here? But he says, notice he clarified it and went further. He says, those who hold on, who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 26 says, and they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? Oh, but I like Jesus' response. He says, but look, Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. It is possible for you to have and be blessed financially. And it's possible for you to be saved. And it's possible for you to do the will of God. With men it is impossible but not with God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, something may seem impossible to you. You may have received a report from the doctor. You may have received a, a report from someone, a debt collector. You may have received a report about your life that said that this one, it is impossible. But I've come to announce to you by the word of the living God that with God, nothing is impossible. It may seem impossible in the natural, but not with God. Gee, and then Peter began to say to him, to him, See, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come, in eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Many who are protos will be eschatos and the eschatos will become, will become protos. My Greek is coming alive this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's saying, and notice he's saying that if you, whatever you give up for God and his gospel, when you make the decision to follow God and you make your decisions in line with the word of God, you are not losing out. Notice this left house, brothers or sisters, key relationships, father or mother or wife or children or lands, property. He says you will receive back. Notice that when he got to the wife, he left that one out. He didn't say wise. One man, one wife, please. <laughs> but he's saying that when you put God first, whatever you give up for the kingdom of God, you are not losing out. 
Whatever relationships that you give up for the kingdom of God, you are not losing out. Whatever property you give up for the kingdom of God, you are not losing out. You encounter the favor of God. God will add to you as you seek him first. Because these are the things, we studied on Wednesday, these are the same things that causes us to not put God first. The properties, the lands, the relationships. It's still the case today. We studied that in Luke chapter 14. You can catch up on that. And these are the excuses that causes us not to see God's kingdom first. But if we are going to see the favor of God. You see, when God adds to you, it's different from you trying to add to yourself. In the book of Proverbs, he says that a good understanding secures favor. How many of us would like God to add the things that we are seeking to us? All of us. But he says that it takes an understanding of the word of God. It takes working in an understanding of the word of God to secure these things. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 15. Notice this. Because sometimes we reverse the trend. We reverse and put the second things first. Or the first thing second. You, re, you, 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 you reverse it. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 15. He says, good understanding gains favor. But the way of the unfaithful is hard. Favor means for someone superior to look on you. And look on you. Show you a friendly regard from someone who is a superior. A good understanding. It takes an understanding of some of these things to walk in the favor of God. For God to look favorably on us. But he says, but the way of the unfaithful is very hard. I don't like a hard road. <laughs> you don't like a hard road either. So it says, remain faithful to God. And, you, you, and an understanding of the word of God will cause you to walk in the favor of God. When we put God first, when we put first things first, it makes all the difference. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 44, verse 3. He says, For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arms save them, but it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favored them. Hallelujah. Amen. The lands, the properties, what you are looking for in life. You see, these people do not get, you see, it, it's, it's very good. It's, it's when God asks to you, that is what makes, he said, they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword. There are certain things you can work for all your life. There are certain things also, oh my Lord and my God, when you position yourself and you align yourself with the word of God, he says, all these things will be added to you. The lands, the, whatever you are looking for can, can be found in God. And that is what we are trying to impress. He said, Pastor, why, why do you keep preaching about seeking the kingdom of God's first? I'm like, Jesus. He looked at the man and he loved him. This is where the thing is. This is, this is the key issue. 
If you get this one down, everything else will follow. They possessed not the land by their own soul, nor did their own arm save them. But it was your right arm, your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance. Because, 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 because I feel like running this morning. God favor them. May God favor you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I said, may God favor you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I said, may God favor you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Because you put first things first in the name of the Lord Jesus. You what are some of the things that causes us or hinders us from seeking the kingdom of God first? One of the, the main things is when we stop, when we do not ask God for guidance and direction. When we choose to go our own way. When we choose not to listen to the Lord. Especially when we have to make decisions. And sometimes we, when we are choosing, we choose from a natural standpoint. One time, Joshua was doing very well. He had taken over from, um, from Moses. And when, Mo when he came on the scene, he, he, was very, he, was, he was very afraid. I mean, if you are stepping into a prophet's shoes like Moses, that's a big shoe to step in. This is the person that God talks to face to face. It, it, when, I mean, God is talking to him all the time. And you come and step in his shoes. Sometimes the task, that the, when God tells us to do something, it seems so big. It seems so daunting. But he did. And when he started listening to God, he kept winning and winning and conquering and conquering. But one day, he made a mistake. In Joshua chapter 9, I'll give you a summary. After he had conquered one of, one of the nations, the Gibeonites came to him, and these Gibeonites had heard of the great conquest of Joshua and the children of Israel. They had heard of the parting of the Red Sea, so they were terrified, and they were great people. So they came to Joshua, and when they came to Joshua, Joshua, they came with molded bread and, and said, please, we are from a faraway country and we don't have anyone. We really need your help. So make, make a covenant with us and we'll be your servants. And the trouble, what happened to Joshua, and it happens to us some of the, sometimes, Joshua 9.14, he says, Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. They did not ask counsel of the Lord. And they spared this Gibeonite. And later on, we see, if you study it, you see down the road that a king came along and tried to wipe out these people and he brought a snare, a curse on the land. All because they did not ask counsel of the Lord. You see, before you make any step, before you make any decision, in any area of your life, pause and ask God. Sometimes some decisions are very crucial. Ask God, what is your plan and what is your will?
to avoid some of the pitfalls. Always ask God for his wisdom. Always ask God for his counsel. Always ask God, what should I do? You see, one time, a Lord was, was working with Abraham. And when it came decision to separate, there was conflict between them. When it came decision time for them to separate, the Bible says, Lot chose for himself. Lot chose for himself. Lot chose for himself. And if you study it, he started, he started and pitched his tent near Sodom and Gomorrah. And with time, when Abraham was praying to God to deliver the children of Israel, to deliver Lot's family from, I mean, and spare Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot had ended up in Sodom and Gomorrah itself. He started by going near. You see, when you are sleeping and, and, and when you are getting away from God, it doesn't happen overnight. He says he pitched his tent near Sodom. Then the next thing you know, it was only by the grace of God that he was saved. The Bible says that that righteous person vexed himself by pitching his tent. That, this is none of my notes. I'm, it's just coming out of my spirit. It will help someone. That righteous person vexed himself by getting near. He chose for himself. Joshua did not ask counsel of the Lord. I pray that in your decision, in your decisions, may God be first. I said, may God be first. I said, may God be first. I said, may God be first. And may you avoid some of the pitfalls that are along the path in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that, say amen. I said, may you avoid the path, on the, the pitfalls along the path in the name of the Lord Jesus. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 8. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vests his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He chose for himself. It nearly cost him the life, his life and that of his family. May you not choose for yourself. Please ask God to choose for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Abraham. I'll give you another example. You see, that's what causes us to run into issues. How do we overcome those obstacles? Abraham, one time also, when in his journey, when a famine hit the land, the Bible says in, in, in Genesis chapter 12, notice this, Genesis chapter 12. My Lord and my God. The Bible says that a famine hit the land. And when the famine hit the land, verse 10, he says, Genesis 12, 10. He says, he says this, now there was, and there was a famine in the land. And Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe in the land there was a famine in the land he went down to egypt bible scholars tell us the people of israel every time they run into difficulties they run to egypt 
Isaac, can compare that with Isaac, in Genesis chapter 26, the Bible says that he was about to go to Egypt just as his father had done, and God said, told him, stay right here. And when he did, he sowed in that land, and in the same year, he received a hundredfold. But Abraham didn't ask God. He chose for himself again and went down to Egypt. When he went down to Egypt, he started lying about telling her truth about Sarah. Sarah is really a nice lady. So uh, when everyone tells, ask you, tell them that you are my sister. Blessed, they tried to kill me because of you. Now he's not trusting in God's protection. He's trusting in his half-truth his and lies. <laughs> so later on, Pharaoh took Sarah with the intention of making her his wife. And then he realized that no, it's Abraham's wife. But later, when he left the land, the Bible says that Pharaoh made a decision and gave him, follow this closely, he gave him servants, female servants. So number one, look at the progression. Number one, when he, was when he was going there, he did not go, he did not ask God's advice, God's counsel. The Bible says that in Genesis 12, verse 16, it says, He treated Abraham well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camel. So he thinks that he's gone, he's gone to Egypt, which God didn't tell him to do. He has now female servant, donkeys, and all these things. And it, it, he thinks that his lie is working for him. But that lie, that journey, proved to be very, very, very costly. Notice in Genesis chapter 16, Genesis chapter 16, verse 1, he says, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. That is what Pharaoh gave to him when he was in Egypt. And he said, now, and now they made an arrangement for Abraham to have children by Hagar. And look at the mess that has come as a result of that one decision. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. You see, sometimes, oh, someone might say, oh, uh, I'm at this point in life. I went into my friend's house, and he has a big house. Very nice house. It's okay. A nice house is, is, is not a bad thing. But if you have to sweat every month and be a slave to the nice house, then that's a problem. And as a result of that, it, I mean, one time I was talking to somebody, he was working like three or four jobs just to, just, just to make the, the, the to, uh, and he was calling himself, I'm a, he was like, I'm a slave to this house. And you could tell that he was trying to impress some people. And so you go and find out this and say, oh, because my friend has this, even if the house is over my head, I am going to go and get the same thing that, he, that, that they have. Again, you, they don't ask counsel of God. And every month, you are sweating to make payments. Their uncle is not going to pay that bill for you. 
<laughs> the people that you are trying to impress are not impressed anyway. They don't stay with you in that house. <laughs> if I were you, I'd pray and ask God and, and sell it. Do, do something. Get out of it and get something that you can pay for. Rather have the peace that every man than be sweating because you chose for yourself. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. In this season, in our decision-making process, may we put God first in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. You, you see, it, make, it, makes all, it makes all the difference. Peter had, let's go back to, let's go back to our, our friend that we have been talking about. This person that Jesus gave an offer to, that was the last time you hear about him in the Bible. Peter and others had the same opportunity. And when they left all and followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, we are still talking about Peter today. He had his issues. He had his mistakes. But this, person, this other person in the Bible, all we call him is the rich young ruler. We don't even know his name. My Lord and my God. All because of one decision. God told Peter, after he had received a miracle of his boat being filled, in a way he was saying to him, is it just this miracle that you want? Are, are you going to follow me? He said to him in Matthew chapter 4 verse 19, follow me and I will make you. Our making is in following the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray in the name of Jesus, as you make choices, as you make decisions to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, may your name ring throughout all eternity in the name of the Lord Jesus. I said, may your name ring out all through eternity. May generations that come after, oh, testified that this person in their generation, despite all the difficulties, despite all the challenges, made a decision to follow the Lord. It all starts with a decision. Ruth had a decision to make. Naomi told her in Ruth chapter 1 that look, things are not going really well with me. Go back to your God. Go back to your people. Naomi said, no, I am not going back. I like those kind of people. Oh, I am not going back to my God. I am not going back to how I used to live. I am not going back on my word for Jesus Christ. And she, she made a statement and she said in Ruth chapter 1 verse 16, the Bible says, notice, notice what she said. And I pray that when you are confronted with a decision to follow the Lord, always make that decision. The Bible says, but Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. She positioned herself. And you see, when she was making that decision, she didn't know what was ahead. But thank God, when they got back, she met Boaz. All because she made that decision. And out of Boaz 
came Obed, and out of Obed came Jesse, out of Jesse came David, and when you read the genealogy of Jesus Christ, she's one of the few women whose names are in there. Your God will be my God. One decision. I am not going back. Going back is not an option. Compromising is not an option. Your God will be my God. As you make a stand for God and put him first in the name of Jesus, whatever you are looking for will be added. Peter didn't know that by making a decision to follow God, I mean, Jesus had promised him lands and all these things, but he didn't know that I will be standing here thousands of years after and be talking about him. Think about it. Think about it. And you see, sometimes when you are doing that, it might not seem like the right thing to do, but that's the right thing to do. One time a pastor was saying, and he was saying that some people were laughing at us, that why are you even holding church in a tin barn? And some people had gone ahead of him and had done several things. And, and he, he, he said, I stay put. And in the process of time, God blessed him, gave him a dead-free campus, and he had one of the largest churches in the nation. But at the time that he was following God and obeying God, it looked like there was nothing. That's how the kingdom of God works. The first will be last and the last will be first. Everyone that makes the decision and makes a stand for God, you are not losing out. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. I pray. I pray. That may you put God first in every area of your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. My Lord and my God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, the favor of God. So let's go through this quickly. I've, I've almost run out of time. How, there what are some keys to flowing, to walking in the favor of God. For God to look favorably on you. So you don't have to toil and work for everything. They've got not the land because of their own sword. Number one. The favor of God demands that we walk in the fear of the Lord. The reverence of God. Let's write these verses down. Genesis chapter 39 verse 9. We see Joseph walking in the favor of God. And one of the statements that he made. He made the statement in Genesis chapter 39 verse 9. He said, there is no one. Um, Potiphar made the statement. There is no one greater than in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me. But you have. But you, because you are his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? The favor of God was on his life in the house of Potiphar. When he made a stand for God, even when he went to prison, he was still favored. How can I do this thing and sin against my God? How can I do this thing and sin against my God? I am making a stand for God. I refuse. In Genesis 42 verse 18, he said, Then Joseph said to them, The third day do this and live, for I fear God. I reverence God. The reverence and the fear of God is how come I am walking in this favor, and that is what landed me in this palace. I fear God. It takes the fear of God. The Bible says in Psalm 5 verse 12, that he will, he will, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as a shield. I pray in the name of Jesus, may the favor of God surround you as a shield. Amen. I said, may the favor of God surround you as a shield. 
I said, may the favor of God surround you as a shield. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. They got not the land because of their own sword. And as Joseph kept moving on and on and on because of his reverence for God, it will take you very far. Two, make a decision to serve God and the interest of his kingdom. Make a decision to serve God and the interest of his kingdom. In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Daniel 1, verse 8. Daniel, my Lord and my God. He says that Daniel purposed in his, in his heart that he will not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the Enoch that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the Enoch. God had brought Daniel into favor. God had brought Daniel into favor. God had brought Daniel into favor. How did he bring him into favor? The Bible says, he says that, and the king, he says, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should bring an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly our, your God is the God of God, and the king of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. And the chief administrator, administrator over the, all the wise men of Babylon. The king promoted. Daniel decided not to defile himself. The Bible says that he was found ten times better. He had favor because he made that decision. That God is, and throughout all the, the different kings that came. He says he prospered. Daniel chapter 6 verse 20. He prospered. And he said God continually. Well, even when he was put in the lion's den, the king testified that this person says God continually. Is that your testimony? Or do you serve God half-heartedly? I pray your testimony will be one that you serve God continually in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Psalm 102 verse 12. Notice this. Psalm 102 verse 12. Psalm 102. Delight in God. Delight in serving the Lord. Psalm 102 verse 12. He says, but you, O Lord, shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Why is that? Verse 14, for your servant take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. The time for God to favor you has come. That mercy is getting what you don't deserve. I see God. He said that they show. They show. They show. Your servant take pleasure in her stones. In the house of God. In the kingdom of God. They put God first. And even, 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 even. He says that they show favor to her dust. That means that when it comes to the kingdom of God. When it comes to the house of God. God comes first. God comes first. And as a result of that, if you have a God first mentality, he says, 
a time will come when you, God himself will also say, it is time for you to be favored. This morning, I see somebody's time has come to be favored. I said, I see someone's time has come to be favored. I said, I see someone's time has come to be favored. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Three. Sacrificial given in promoting the kingdom of God as a lifestyle. We see that in the life of David. In 1 Chronicles 29 verse 3. He says, I have of my own proper goods laid aside for God and for his house. God and his house. God is first on my mind. And, in the, and then in verse 12, he says, That both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. When God promotes you, when God asks to you, it is better than anything else that you can add to yourself. Receive that promotion and that honor that comes from God. He says in Proverbs chapter 3, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, that he says we should honor God. Honor God with our very first and best. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. So your barns shall be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. God's greatest desire that everyone will hear this gospel. Someone said, why should someone hear it twice when some people haven't heard it once? He's our, it's our, he's, it, he wants our, us to overflow. But he wants the overflow for us to get there, our bound to be filled. He says, honor me with your very first and with your very best. The best of your time, the best of your talent, the best of your treasure. Let's honor God with it. And then finally, a lifestyle of praise and thanksgiving. Like David. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 34 verse 1. And then as a result of that, notice this. Notice the correlation between praise and thanksgiving and the promotion. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 30 verse 1. He says, thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me. Psalm 34 verse 1. Let's get this right. Psalm 34 verse 1. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Then verse 5 says, They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. He praised the Lord, and verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord, and comes around all the righteous. Psalm 30 verse 5. He says this. Thank you Lord. For his anger is for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. The favor of God impacts all areas of our lives. It impacted the business of, of, of Peter in Luke chapter 5. It impacted Eliezer when he was sent to go and look for a spouse. For, in Genesis chapter 12, 24 verse 12 to 15, when he got there, he prayed. And when he prayed, he said, God, give me speed. And the royal spouse came for Isaac. You see, when we always put God first, it makes all 
I pray in our decision making, may we put him first. And as we do, may we see his hand at work in our life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. When David was anointed in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 13, the, the hand of God came on him and in verse 22, the king called for him. He found favor in the eyes of Saul. As the hand of God is on your life, as you make the decision to follow God, may God's hand come on your life. May you walk in the favor of God in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Everyone say amen. amen. Let me end with this illustration and then we'll, and then we'll close. Gabriela, please come up. And then uh, Mr. Sapon, please come up. I'm going to make an illustration. <laughs> and, then we'll, and, then, and then we'll close. But it will help drive the point home. This man is a handsome young man, but he's married. This one is also single. Do you want to mar marry Mr. Sapon? Why? Because he's married. Why? Because you want to be someone's first. That's right. Is he not nice? Is he not handsome? Is he not good looking? <laughs> but why don't you want to marry him? Because he's married. That's exactly right. So you don't want to be someone second. So imagine when God is supposed to be first. Take your seats, please. <laughs> He's already married. God has blessed her also with the, with, the, with the right person. Amen. But it drives home. It drives the point home. You don't want to be, God doesn't want to be second in your life. He wants to be first in your life. And when you put him second, look how it appears to God. The time that is supposed to go to him. The talent, the best years of your life that is supposed to go to him. The best of your talent that is supposed to go to him. I pray in the name of Jesus. In every aspect of your life, may God be first. Amen. I said in every aspect of your life, may God be first. Amen. And as you put God first, may everything else be added to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I said may everything else be added to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Whatever is missing in your life, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I have come to announce to you by the word of the Lord God, with God there is nothing impossible. I said with God nothing is impossible. I I said with God nothing is impossible and in the name of the Lord Jesus I see God doing a miracle in your life I see God coming through for you in your life I see God showing you favor in the name of Jesus I see what is missing all coming through to you I see God taking your life and using it for his glory your name will not disappear in the sands of time but all throughout history as you have yielded your life to God not only will it impart your generation all throughout eternity when we get into the kingdom of God when we get into heaven your name will still be sounding in the name of the Lord Jesus as you obey and serve the Lord I see God turning things around for you if you believe that say amen, amen. amen. a God first mentality will cause you to walk in the favor of God in the mighty name of Jesus that is your testimony let's pray before I get started again amen we trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535. 